Hey, Cape Cod, it's high noon on Wednesday. Time for another episode of Life with Gwen, where we explore all kinds of lifestyle issues and get to know the neighbors. So thanks for joining us. If you're coming back, that's wonderful. And if you're a first-time viewer, tell your friends. Uh, you can watch us live, and you can comment and ask questions, which we encourage you to do. Today, we're going to be talking about the fact that we're in the middle of Holy Week. It's, it's a season of mysteries and miracles for Christians all over the world, and we wanted to learn more about everything leading up to it and about, you know, sort of preparing and, and making it a big part of our lives. So today with me, we have... And this is always the nerve-wracking part for me. I'm going to get your last name right. Uh, okay. We have Pastor Peter A. Bear. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Well, I had to practice with the bear thing. Um, and uh, he is the pastor, uh, new pastor of the First Lutheran Church in uh, West Barnstable. Um, and welcome to the Cape. Because Thank you. Uh, about a month, is it? No, it's been that? a year. Oh, it's been a year. It's been a year okay. and a month, yep. I um I guess I was reading an old post on the on the yeah. church website. Yeah. So uh, we asked you to come in because a lot of the folks I've been talking to in a sort of informal survey are not familiar with all of the days involved in this season or, and not as familiar with their connection to the Bible as we, you know, as we might be. Sure. And religion is, is uh, seems to be growing here on the Cape. I don't have hard numbers, but the Council on Churches, um, it, which is how we met, uh -huh. had um, had said that their last informal count was about 149 churches on the Cape wow. and counting. So certainly, you know, we think there's a lot of interest in religion. And I was wondering if we could maybe start by you just telling me a little bit about your, your congregation and your church, where sure. it is and sure. all that. Um, First Lutheran is a, a church that uh, was founded a little more than 100 years ago up on 6A, just as you get up from exit 6 to the left, uh, founded by a group of Finns who came over. And Finland is one of the uh, Scandinavian countries that is particularly Lutheran, uh, along with Germany. And uh, so they started this as a group of immigrants and built the church, uh, actually two churches, first on Plum Street and then uh, moved to our present location. And, uh, Which is on 6A? Right on 6A, yeah. Is, is it right up on the, the tall hill? Is that your church or is it down the street from that? We're down the street from okay. that, yeah. So, and, uh, and I know everyone is welcome. Yep, we have, we're a very inviting church. We uh, we pride ourselves on uh, using that language, inviting, instead of just uh, saying you're welcome and you never show up for dinner. Uh, <laughs> we we invite you to come and, and see, come and see. I that is one of the questions I had is whether people tend to come out for um, for the big holidays, you know, for Easter and uh, yes. and uh, <laughs> that still happens, huh? Yeah, we um, you know we we have. Uh, in clergy language, sometimes joke around about a, a C and E Christian Christmas and Easter. Uh, sometimes it's an A and P Christian Ashes and Pen and Palm Sunday. So oh. those guys have to get something to come to church on those days. And um. well, you know, it. Uh, <laughs> but you're welcome anyway. If you yes. want to go to church on that day, if you want to go any day. Um, so tell me a little bit. Maybe we could do a small chronology here. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the meaning of Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent? Sure. 
Um, it's actually the season of Lent and Ash Wednesday are two of the uh, oldest celebrations in Christianity. We already know in the second century there was a fasting period before Easter. Um, and that time uh, it was used primarily preparing um, catechumens, that's a fancy word for people who are going to become Christian, um, for baptism. And so they would spend uh, weeks, uh, they'd enter into, into this kind of uh, state of being a learner, and then they uh, spent those weeks of Lent learning about the faith. And um, even today, when we look at Lent and how it's structured, the five weeks of Lent are structured around uh, the themes of baptism in terms of um, renouncing the devil and his empty promises. So we start with Jesus's temptation in the desert in the first Sunday of, of Lent. And uh, the readings build on that around salvation uh, for us to reflect on and to prepare both for their baptism, which was traditionally only done at the Easter Vigil, which is... Interesting. Yeah, it was and the day the Saturday. No, that's in for, ancient for Christianity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Ash Wednesday came about the year 500. They started, um, they moved it up. It used to be a little longer. So Gregory the Great, who settled, uh, gave us a lot of what we pre uh, celebrate now in, in this season um, in terms of setting the dates for Easter and those kinds of things were all done under him. And he gave us Ash Wednesday. And we think that he's probably the first person to have uh, given ashes out as well. Um, and, and, and the significance of, of the ashes? The ashes, when we make the, the cross on somebody's head, they can use several different words. One is, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return, or repent and believe in the good news, or believe in the gospel. Um, the idea is that one takes the time to think about one's life and how one lives as a Christian um, and reflect on the life of Jesus and how we should mirror uh, that life more. And that can involve... Um, sacrificing uh, as Christ sacrificed for us, and was uh, they came up with the forty days because of forty days in the desert, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, that part I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, as part of that sacrifice, uh, it used to be the tradition that you gave up all all meat and any mm -hmm. meat product as well. Um, and so the, even eggs. Even eggs. Mm -hmm. Yep. And do you want to? Sure. sure. So yes. um, one of the stories with the Easter egg is that, um, you know, when you, when you gave up all these meat products, one of them was uh, you, could, you didn't have to eat the cows. You didn't have to eat the pigs. They just waited until right. the feast mm -hmm. later on. Uh, milk you could give to the, to the pigs for uh, uh, their food. And eggs kept. And what they would do, Christians would collect all these eggs throughout the 40 days of Lent. And then what do you do with them? Right, um, and we don't think of eggs lasting that long, but they did. They last a long time with the, as long as they're not washed. Right? I think people are are beginning to know that again because of the fact that um, many people that I wouldn't have thought are keeping chickens. So we're um, learning that that habit again, right? One of the nicest and and uh, most surprising um, um, sort of condolences I received after my husband's death was fresh eggs, oh. and they just said leave them on the countertop. Yeah. Which I did till it hit ninety degrees, and then I couldn't take and it. Gets it gets nervous. In the fridge. <laughs> so, so anyway, so at, when Easter rolled around, you had all of these eggs uh, that you had to do something with, and it became customary to bring eggs to someone's home uh, if you were invited to their home, and then to you know decorate the thing you brought them in, and eventually to decorate the eggs. 
Um, that's really interesting. But that's where that, that connection came comes about. from. Because we, we do hear a lot of times that uh, that the eggs were brought in um, as a as a sort of concession to uh, to uh, pagan holidays at the mm -hmm. time, and that's that's not true in the history. Not not in this history. It's you know they're. They are signs of fertility in the pagan mm -hmm. custom, um, but their connection then to Easter is is kind of spurious. The problem is we don't have we don't have anything written about that uh, mm -hmm. about that connection. And you know, to spend eight hundred years in Europe uh, being Christian before these things pop up all of a sudden is um, that's a long time to go before. Yeah. And something. it only takes a generation to ingrain a memory. Exactly. So when you when you look into it. But um, in today's paper on the food page, we had stories about uh, eggs and not only uh, selecting them because there are so many choices now, but uh, the fact that they play this key role in both, um, uh, you know, decorating and, and uh, serving them at mm -hmm. Easter, but also uh, for Passover. Right. And it's interesting that this year happens to be one of the years in which Passover and Easter coincide happening on the same weekend. And uh, Passover uh, starts uh, at sundown Friday. And we have the two Seders on Friday and Saturday and then Easter uh, morning. And that was spoken like an interfaith family person that I am. <laughs> <laughs> These weekends are very busy for us. Yeah. Um, but um, it's... It, I was going to, I mentioned that because I was going to say that part of the Christian history that we're learning about today with you, that we've learned about in church, is is the, that uh, Jesus has a, a role in, in the Passover story. Would you like right. to talk about maybe, are we up to Palm Sunday? I um, well, yeah. So, so we... On Ash Wednesday, when we we look at forgiving our, you know, repenting of our sins and entering this state of penance for mm -hmm. forty days, um, we get to we do get to Palm Sunday, and that that's a little bit before the uh, what we call the three days, and the three days starts tomorrow with Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, which is really the connection to the Passover, uh, the Passover, mm -hmm. and. Um, in fact, the the word that uh, is used for Easter in most languages is the word Pasach, which was the word for Passover mm -hmm. uh, in that language. So, in um, or if it was a different word that they used, that they used the the word for Passover. And that's spelled uh, P E S A C H. Um, this was P A S. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people see the words, uh, especially if they're going to um, as a guest to a seder. Um, and people ask me this all the time because I spent time in the Reformed uh, uh, Jewish uh, synagogue with my family. Um, they say, what should I bring, you know, to eat at the Seder? Absolutely nothing. You know, my mother-in-law <laughs> kept everything very kosher. Uh, and if you do bring something, it has to say kosher for Passover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so the connection is that Jesus ate that supper um, uh, with the apostles right as Passover was starting. there, There's some debate as to whether it was a Seder or uh, sort of a pre-Seder meal mm -hmm. um, because it depends on which gospel you read. So in John's gospel, it's later, and uh, the, the synoptic gospel. So they have three gospels. It's at a different time. Mm -hmm. So there's some debate, but the connection in the early church was there, and it was made that Christ is our Passover just as the angel of death passed over um, the Israelites in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So Christ enables uh, the death to be defeated for us, and so oh, that's um, interesting. That's that's the the Passover connection. 
Um, I was thinking of it in a more literal sense because I have heard that that may have been a Seder meal, and mm-hmm. um, and that uh, you know Christ was was Jewish, right? So um, that would have made sense. You never knew anything else. So <laughs> it uh, it's it's really interesting to go back and look at all of these. Uh, traditions and and uh and learn about them again anew yeah. you the, know there's there's a deeper connection also and that is that um when jews gather to to um remember the passover one of the things that they do is uh this idea of memory uh in which you bring an event that happened in history sort of up above history and that event is relived again in the moment so when you say the seder and you have the seder there's a connection between that seder and the very first seder that ever was um we do the same thing in in uh well we do every time we gather for for communion um and we repeat that seder meal uh, or those words of Jesus that were spoken at the Last Supper at a Seder, if it was a Seder. Um, and uh, it's, it functions the same way that this brings us back to that original event. So in understanding Holy Week is to understand an entire week in which we remember those events of Jesus, starting with Palm Sunday in which uh, he enters back into Jerusalem to the roar of the crowd. Um, and then the course of that week, um, finding uh, the upper room where he has the, law, the Last Supper with the apostles and he blesses the wine and bread, uh, which is for us the institution of Holy Communion, which we practice every Sunday. And some churches are once a month and other churches are once every quarter or whatever the tradition is, but around Holy Communion, uh, that gets connected there. And then we start a, a special three days that for us are treated as one service. Uh, and that's Thursday, the Lord's Supper, that one act, um, and then Good Friday. So some of us call Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Good Friday, and then Holy Saturday. That really is considered one church service. And so once we start uh, on uh, with the opening greeting on Monday Thursday, there is no dismissal until the final uh, part of the service at the Easter Vigil. Now. You know, we do want to um, say that that uh, our show is kind of built for two people. We we could have this room full of people because there's some different traditions within each uh, uh, each area, each mm-hmm. denomination of Christianity. So we're speaking um, with you, and you have a lot of historical knowledge, and you also um, were considering at one time uh, you were at a monastery. Is that right? Catholic Franciscan monastery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it uh, so you've seen this from several points of view. Yeah. If any of you are watching and you'd like to add anything about your own traditions, we're here on Life with Gwen with Rev. I always say Reverend because that's, that's my fine. tradition. But <laughs> with with Pastor uh, Peter A. Bear, and uh, please feel free to jump in, ask any questions, tell us about your traditions. It's a, a week when we are reflecting and thinking about religion. So we thought we would uh, talk with talk about it with all of uh, all of you out there. Yeah, and there, there's one other connection uh, between Ash Wednesday and Monday Thursday. So on Ash Wednesday, where we've entered the season of repentance, you don't get absolution for everything until we reach Monday Thursday. Oh. So that that's one of the uh, things when you enter the church here, there's some of these pieces where you're outside of time. Um, and, and that we do get from our Jewish um, 
our predecessors, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and we have to remember that Christianity was a sect of Judaism uh, in its inception and, and can't maintained a lot of those practices, which in the Ethiopian church, they even still keep the Seder and keep um, mm -hmm. some of those things. And I know that here on the Cape, I noticed there's a lot of interfaith uh, work mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, our, our temple has done a Seder several years for the community and you had a service Saturday, right? We did. We gathered together for the March for Life, um, and we worked with Rabbi. He invited us to be a part of their regular Sabbath service over at the Cape Cod Synagogue. synagogue. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Was really a beautiful gathering of uh, several uh, people from uh, different uh, clergy, um, different churches, and on. on in Barnstable County. We ended up calling ourselves Barnstable County clergy for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. That organized us. And it was really a beautiful and moving service that we then were able to go over and stand together as people of compassion uh, that unifies us um, and, and stand with, with the marchers in mm -hmm. the park. Well, that's wonderful. I, um, I know that, uh, there, I really appreciate that openness and working together um, with the churches, which is why I call the Council of Churches mm -hmm. to um, to meet you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know that we were part of the Falmouth um, uh, Jewish congregation, and part of the kids' preparation to be bar or bat mitzvah in, involved uh, going to um, to different churches yeah. and experiencing different services. You know, I, I'm all for a world where we're open and understand each other's Absolutely. rules. And, and uh, when you speak of communion, which I, I grew up as a New England Baptist, so communion was a part of that. Uh, when you speak of communion, it, um, it reminds me, though, of the fact that after services, there's a small gathering, you know, at most temples and, and mm -hmm. ours included. And uh, there is, before anything else starts, there is the blessing of the wine and mm -hmm. the bread. Right. So it, you know, even that tradition is, you know, coming down exactly. uh, to, to the, to Christianity. Yeah. I, um, it's, <laughs> it's interesting too, because as a Baptist, there's a lot of uh, focus on the, Old Testament, or there's equal focus on um, mm -hmm. the Old and the New Testaments. So it's not unfamiliar to me to be in a, in yeah. a synagogue and, and hear some of the... Yeah, I, I, I actually, growing up on eastern Long Island, um, I my best friends were all Jewish, and so most of the theological conversations I had were with... Um, kids that were from uh, the temple, the local temple. And I, I would go to Hebrew school with them because they had a lot more fun than we did. Um, <laughs> and uh, we would do trips and stuff, which were really, it was great for me to have that basis and understand uh, at, from a different perspective, you know, the words of Christ and, and what Jesus meant mm -hmm. um, in his own time. Uh, we have uh, we have a comment from Jane Reed Wilson. She says, "Interesting. Didn't think of Monday Thursday through Easter as one service. Neither yeah. did I." Yeah, and so. it's it's because we enter into the mysteries. I almost was going to bring a cross, uh, the Franciscan cross, the San Damiano cross, depicts this uh, unifi unity of the Paschal mystery. Is that it's not a reenactment of an event. It's a entering into the spiritual mystery that is present and real. And we can't, uh, from a Christian perspective, we can't separate that event from the, the, what happened at the Lord's Supper, what happened on the cross, and Christ's resurrection, at the, uh, which we celebrate at that Easter vigil. 
that that all of that is one unit and mm -hmm. and is understood all of christianity is understood in those three days that's all you it's would need to do it's, it is the cornerstone yeah. of the faith and so if you didn't if you don't go to any part of that you're missing a significant piece of the puzzle I think that's very true, especially um, I was very moved in the uh, Baptist church with the Monday, Thursday, our mm -hmm. church would, uh, people would come and it was a very somber service and then the tradition was to leave without any speaking. Yes. So we left in silence and... Uh, and we do the same thing at the end of, at the end of uh, Monday, Thursday, the altar is completely stripped bare. Um, so we, we go through the whole service and it's sort of upbeat and we're, we're celebrating that Jesus called us to be charitable. We'll do, we do the foot washing. Um, uh, some churches do, some don't. Ours started doing that. The Why last. don't you step and explain that for folks who might not know the reference? Right. One of the passages uh, is that Jesus stood, uh, stopped and uh, washed the feet of his disciples and they objected. But he said, and I do this now and you'll understand later that we are all called to be servants of one another. And so it was a sign that here is Jesus, their, their rabbi and their teacher, and he is stooping down to wash their feet and that we should then do the same for one another as we go. Um, and so that, that first evening, Monday, Thursday, is really about the service of charity. Caritas, love, is the other word. We, charity is problem because we think about giving things away, but it's really about uh, uh, love, service, and love connected together. So, I think the word connected is really important. It's about being connected to the people that you're living around. Exactly. You know? And yep. uh, I know that uh, in your background, you have some experience when, when you were at uh, Lutheran Church in Iowa. Um, you started a, uh, a feeding program uh, for people who who uh, were, you know, hungry. Yep. And uh, that went on for how long? Um, it's just celebrated. It's I believe it's 28 years now. That's a nice yes. legacy to have. Yeah, there. I'm actually going back there the week after uh, Easter to preach at that church and mm -hmm. to uh, help celebrate all those years of ministry. Um, and and that had come out of my right after I got there. Uh, I went on the street for a few days because I was in charge of social ministries. So I lived in the the homeless shelter and uh, went to all the agencies that they would visit to see what would be done. Um, you know, here at First Lutheran, we're looking at similar ways that we can be good neighbors and uh, reach out to our neighbors. And one of the things we're looking at now is how do we reach out to uh, the, the lonely population on the Cape? Because it's a lot of isolation and oh, well, uh, particularly with our seniors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It seemed to be there's a little bit of a hole there. Um, and we thought we would be looking at that. More. So... Um, like a sort of a social outreach and then and then one of faith from right there. social um well and primarily social and um you know for us as lutherans we talk about it's faith active in love um god's hands our work uh, god's god's work our hands um there was a a, a, a quote from uh, called the midwife this last week where it says something she said, that. oh it's a great show <laughs> and she said um uh, sometimes God's hands are at the end of our arms, mm -hmm. and that—that's sort of what the uh, we do in terms of a, a, a church. When we, even as a broader church, when we look at doing mission, we have to be God's hands, and so we need to, um, you know, reach out to those people who need 
to just be social. Mm-hmm. And winter in the Cape gets long. <laughs> we had a, um, a story in our primetime, which is magazine for gen- mostly for people 55 and older, and uh, it addressed the issue of, uh, a few months back, uh, it addressed the issue of loneliness on the Cape mm-hmm. and uh, how it can be very isolating. Yeah. And it's actually a physical threat to people because it, it wears on your health, right. you know? Yeah. So um, it... Uh, I think, you know, when people, especially if people can't get out um, or get out as much as they'd like to, you know, having someone to, to drive them and stuff is, is important. Yeah, and I think, you know, in our society where we have isolated ourselves to um, technology, through technology, I don't need to get out. And there is something different between uh, that that kind of social interaction and the kind that involves, you know, a yes. touch yep. of a person, so to speak, that is... Those are very different things. Yes, and, um, absolutely. And we find that out more and more as, as yeah. we, um, I was going to say research, but really as we talk to people, yeah. you know. So I wanted to uh, see how we're doing on time. And, of course, the studio clock is broken, so we could just go on forever. And, uh, oh, my good sense of time. I just got the five. <laughs> we have five minutes left. And I did want to ask you about um you know, we have Maundy Thursday, mm-hmm. and then we have Good Friday, which is is such, you know, I wanted you to explain the good part of Good Friday. Ah. <laughs> such a conflict, because. It, right. Um, the way, the, this dichotomy, and, and they exist a lot, both in, both in Judaism and in Christianity and uh, in many other religions, there, there is sometimes this putting together but of the, both dark and the the good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's not as you know as divided as we sometimes see that, that it's mixed. Uh, there's an old ancient expression. Uh, it comes uh, from Saint Anselm and from Saint Augustine. They kind of fashioned this together, where it talk, talked about "Oh, happy fault." Um, and, and the way that the Christian Church has looked at this is, oh. Uh, what a happy thing that Adam fell so that uh, we could have so great a redeemer. Um, so Christ's act is good because it's something that is done for us. It's our redemption mm-hmm. is found in this, um, in in that sacrificial love and in that Of moment, his crucifixion. Of his crucifixion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, uh, the Christian idea there being that, you know, he, he had no reason to be condemned by the law and then becomes... Um, unclean by the very means of his death, because to have died on a tree like that would make you ritually unclean as well. And um, that I do not know. Yeah, that goes back so. to Deuteronomy. So this idea of breaking breaking the the negativity uh, of that aspect um, is how Christians have interpreted that. Um, hmm. See, now I would have thought that when I think about Good Friday, that although it's it's a somber and sad day, that that the good it, it part came from the promise because you you know that 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 you know um, on 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 Sunday Christ is risen, right? Um, and and partially it's there, but but on Good Friday he defeats the devil, right? So mm-hmm. our, our death is the way the church used to talk about it. So uh, the the imagery that was used was you know the is uh, uh, Satan, who's the great lawyer, you know, and, and putting putting out there, uh, accusing us and saying that our, we justly deserve death is is um, 
really thinking he wins when Christ dies, but they they go down to Hades and boom, the, the big surprise. It's the great the great joke uh, is on is on Satan in that case. And, um, um, and that death we is have conquered. To wrap up. So I'm going to say though that Saturday. Um, tell me about Holy Saturday. So Holy, for us, Holy Saturday, and this is different in different churches, but it's about a two-hour service in which we tell all of God's the, the history, starting with Genesis, and we read all the significant passages of when God intervened in the world to bring about salvation, uh, both for the Jews and for Christians, and uh, tell that whole story in its fullness. And it takes two hours. We actually will baptize uh, uh, a young new Christian on that day, um, and that's done afterwards. But the church starts in darkness. We start outside with the fire, um, and then we come into the church and sit in darkness until we get to the gospel lesson about resurrection. And the bells ring, and the lights come on, and the party begins. Oh, that's on Saturday? That's on Saturday night. Okay, yeah. and and it's interesting because uh, Jewish holidays are on sundown to sundown, right. and the rhythm of that sounds, you know, like there's some... It is, uh, and it's no accident. Yeah. And it's only these big feast days that in the West, Western Church, we start at sundown. Uh, so mm -hmm. Easter, Christmas, uh, ones that do that. Um, in the Eastern Church, they don't. In the Eastern Church, they begin all of their festivals at sundown. And of course, we have we have Easter Sunday. We have the the celebration of the miracle of you call the mystery of the, the mystery of the resurrection, and uh, and we have uh, socially we have people you know uh, dressed up in their patent yep. leather shoes and yep. their their best clothes, and and do you have a uh, afterwards? There's usually a dinner. You have a favorite? Uh, um, I yeah, personally, my family we ate lamb, which. Um, then having lived in Colorado was great because the lamb is incredible in the West if you've never been there. But then my Italian grandmother would always make this uh, pie. It was called an Easter pie, and it was made with wheat berries um, oh. and uh, ricotta cheese. And it was like a cheesecake, so but with like wheat a, berries So sort of a little bit savory, it. not too sweet. No, it's sweet. Oh, it is sweet? Yeah, it's, okay. like, it's like cheesecake, but with these little balls of wheat in there. Oh, that sounds um, interesting. Yeah, and that's a traditional. Have to try and get the, the uh, recipe. It's very good. I can't thank you enough. You know, it's it's been a wonderful history oh, lesson. Thank you. And, um, good to be here. you know, good to, as you said earlier, and, and um, you know, I, I asked about whether people should take something up for Lent, and uh, you said, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that reflection is something that should be done during Lent, and you should still take something up year-round. Right, exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank I, you. I wish Good you a, a wonderful season. Thank, thank you for you. sharing time with thank us. You. We are here on Life with Gwen. Um, if you missed this episode and would like to um, learn a little more about history of, of Christian faith, please uh, go to capecodtimes.com slash Life with Gwen, where you can find this either as a rebroadcast or as a um, uh, podcast to listen to in the car. And join us next week.